The Automotive News Europe podcast is brought to you by Deco, a leading global manufacturer of propulsion products and drive systems for automotive, heavy-duty, and industrial applications since 1905. We provide innovative solutions for all our customers' current and future mobility challenges. Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for October 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at A&E. Thanks so much for joining us. Omnichannel Auto Retailing is here to stay, says the head of the Automotive Transformation Group, Christian Erlinson. ATG, which Erlinson says is already profitable, aims to revolutionize the automotive sales process. One area where ATG is already making huge gains is in customer retention, which Erlinson says has improved to more than 50% from just 25% for new cars at the companies using his firm's digital solutions. He explains how. Hello, Christian. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me today. It's a real pleasure to be here. Christian, if it's okay, I'd like to get started with a, a bit of a strange question. I've just arrived from a spaceship from another galaxy, and I want to know in the most basic terms possible, what is your company doing and how does this whole thing work? Thanks, uh, happy to answer that question. But first off, welcome to planet Earth. Don't know if this is a repeat visit. Um, everyone knows that e-commerce has grown exponentially in many industry sectors. The auto sector, however, has traditionally been slower in that regard. We've seen a massive change in recent times. The pandemic accelerated everything. The Automotive Transformation Group was created to help OEMs and retailers to adapt to the times. So ATG was formed by the merger of Autofutura and G-Forces both market-leading software providers in their own right, Autofutura focused around customer loyalty and retention solutions, and G-Force is providing leading e-commerce omnichannel tech solutions. And we believe we've created something quite unique in the industry. And why is this such an essential part of the evolving automotive sphere? Good question. First, let me explain what has been happening in the automotive sphere. We've been operating in a very dynamic growth market. Several events have converged to put us directly in the right place at the right time. These are one pre-pandemic trend towards electrification. That's left OEMs you know, facing significant reductions in after-sales revenue and a renewed focus on how to counter that. One, how to attract new customers, and two, retain the ones they have. Layered on top of that, is the Amazon effect of customers buying behavior who are looking for and more accepting of efficient digital purchase alternatives, right? When you combine these trends with the pandemic and the, and the chip shortages still plaguing the industry, loyalty, retention, and digital customer journeys become increasingly important. And that's where we come in. Omnichannel Auto Retail is here to say, and, and the group was created specifically to enable our customers to adapt to the times. This is one of the harder questions that I always have to ask 
is the company already profitable? Yes, of course we are. And we have very ambitious plans to grow even further that hopefully I can talk to you about in the very near future. But we plan to stay that way. And can you tell us who are your top five customers right now? I would like you to think about you know, the biggest household names, brands, financiers, leasing companies, and dealers. They are all our customers. And we treat all our customers like they are a top five customer. And what is the most common thing that they ask you to provide them? All of our customers share common goals. They want to increase revenue, sales, you know, profits, and increase you know, customer retention. But what they most often ask from us is our expertise. That's what makes the systems work. That combined expertise that we built combined over 50 years when I look across the, the company and, and the backgrounds, we've, and that team has lived through so many different trends. You know, so the team has that ability to kind of see around corners. I'm really happy that you're with me today because one of the dark arts to me of the automotive industry is pricing. How to set that and get into a band where you're going to lure in customers, but also make sure that there's still some profit left over at the end. Could you give me some idea on what are the key factors that have to be considered to come up with this crucial number? Pricing very often, as, as we see, can be very complex when we're trying to do contracts. The way we look at this is the first thing we need to do is understand the customer and what value we bring to them. And the second principle is keep it simple and transparent. Those are the two rules we live by. Our pricing, we try and keep it very straightforward. And typically we're pricing around rooftops, records, or transactions. We'll continue our conversation with Christian Erlinson after this message. DECO has been a pioneer in the research, design, manufacture, and distribution of essential propulsion drive systems and aftermarket services for automotive, truck, off-highway, and industrial applications for more than 115 years. Through its expertise in transferring power quietly and efficiently, DECO has emerged as the global leader in providing system solutions for heavy-duty, hybrid, and electric vehicles. DECO designs and manufactures scalable, innovative, efficient, and reliable solutions and delivers premium quality products, namely belt starter generator systems, DECO hybrid modules, and accessory drive components such as belts, decouplers, dampers, tensioners, and more. DECO solutions are driven with a purpose to continuously improve the fuel saving, CO2 reduction, and durability of high and light duty OE vehicles. DECO delivers optimized NVH, noise, vibration, and harshness, and provides lifelong service with exceptional performance as the next standard in the field. DECO's world-class global distribution network services the aftermarket industry with a full offering of kits and products to meet the requirements of each local market. This is accomplished by a dedicated global team of more than 4,000 associates across 42 locations in 21 countries through continuous learning and the desire to act like owners in everything they do. DECO is making products that move the world forward always. 
To learn more, visit the company's website at www.daco.com. Another really, really tricky part of this business is retention. And I wanted to get an idea on how you folks look at that and maybe some feedback from you on the average retention rate for the automakers that you're working with. When I first arrived into this industry, I was rather shocked by what I saw. You know, the average retention rates for automakers across the board is quite low. New car averages are around 25%. Used car averages is around 4%. How do you improve those numbers? Because when you think about someone giving up their iPhone, most people would never even consider it. I mean, from what you are saying, you know, one out of four new car owners would be jumping ship and, and anybody in the used car spectrum is going to be jumping ship all the time. Absolutely. I mean, the good news is that we can help with this. And if you do look across different sectors like iPhone, their retention rates is over 80%. Wouldn't that be awesome if that was in the automotive sector? We can support our clients in the new car uh, retention rates and getting them over 50% retention rates from 25 to over 50% retention using our services. And with the used cars, quadrupling that to about 15%. You know, what and how we do this is by ensuring that they are equipped to speak to the right customer at the right time, the right message. Typically, retention is carried out you know, less than three months to go in the lease. Once there's six months left to go in the lease, the customer has already decided. So there's no point in calling them. You know, so we're seeing optimal rates achieved when you're approaching a customer sometimes more than a year before they're up on some contracts. Yeah, that seems to be a sweet spot because they've already grown to like the car Hopefully they have some good feelings about it, but at least they're open to having a conversation about sticking with a brand, right? Absolutely. With regards to brand loyalty, it has to be earned. You know, once clients connect with the brand, they need to feel valued, supported. And this is achieved by, you know, remaining engaged, not looking at it from just sale. And then I'll call them at the end of the lease, right? Staying with them all through that process. Imagine if I called you and you had 12, 15 months left on your lease and I said, Doug, I'm going to replace your car at the same price you're playing today. I'll stick you in a, in a brand new version. What would you say to that? Yeah, it's just hard to pass up that opportunity. One of the interesting things about the scenario that you just set up is that the customer feels like the automaker is interested in them, wants to keep them around, values them as a customer. How... Have you folks found and how successful has that been at actually getting them? I think you said your numbers are over half of the folks will, will stick around because they like the brand and, and they like the fact that they're being engaged with, right? Yes, absolutely. We, we strongly back up this, you know, being able to get automotive and dealers getting to 50% retention rates and beyond. Um, but it, it's not just the product or you know software that does it, right? It also is a culture shift in the industry and thinking more about the consumer. Don't forget about them and staying in contact with them. You know, having that connection, then it's much more natural for you to approach them and thinking about swapping out of a car. 
If you only think of them just about at the end of the transaction, well, you're just looking at the individual as a transaction. And what we want to focus on and what we brought together with ATG is thinking about sales all the way through to retention and really turning transactions into relationships. Do you folks have any data showing at what age car consumers are the least loyal and when they're probably going to be the most loyal? What age car or the age of consumer? Oh, I'd love to know both of you have that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, the, in the consumer, um, typically the younger consumer, as we can probably imagine, is the least loyal, right? Because of the amount of like crossover models being introduced and their willingness to try out new brands. And as we see the shift to EV, it's more iPads on wheels and lots of new tech providers providing cars and their brand allegiance is not there. Once consumers become more settled with families, you know, personal preferences, things change from a, and tend to look at things from a historical perspective. On average, clients remain a lot more loyal in their, in their mid fifties. Um, but from the age of car, it's probably a lot sooner than we think. Within two years, we're seeing the people willing to swap out to a new model. Um, as long as you approach them and understand, you know, what their interests are. And so that requires, you know, building that loyalty. And as we shift towards e-commerce, you have to focus on loyalty. That is an absolute requirement and keeping connected. So two, three years is probably the sort of max that we see in people wanting to convert. What do you see as the biggest risk factors going forward for this sector? Two risk factors. One, forgetting about the customer. And two, ignoring the important role of the dealership. Albeit the part in the process is changing and will continue to change, but they, they play an absolute pivotal role in the buying journey as purchasing a car is a significant investment and for many still require human interaction. So that's why at, at ATG, we look at this holistically in that customer purchase journey might start at home. I think the average research for a car might be around 17 hours. People might do online before purchasing a car. Then they might select, make a model color. At that point, they might wanna then go into a showroom, touch, get in it, and what, what we do is connect that online journey to the offline journey. So if they walk into the showroom, they continue that journey seamlessly. So connecting offline to the online, which has to be done because it's not gonna just transform overnight and go fully digital. One of the bigger concerns out there is that our lives are becoming so social and so data-driven that we're thinking about privacy and trying to provide some level of information, but at the same time, protecting our essential information. And how do you folks balance that very delicate little situation? It's a great question. That is front and center in how we conduct the business, right? Firstly, from compliance and consent are of the utmost importance. We employ the best legal minds 
and have implemented the strictest practices with regards to information security from the beginning, you know, welcome GDPR in terms of clarity and boundaries. It protects the customer, right? And we work closely and collaboratively with our, with our clients to ensure the proper consents and controls are in place. And so we have to create, there isn't a choice. We have to have products that are flexible, configurable to support multiple permutations around marketing preferences and consent. And and legitimate interest in, in sharing our experience, you know, in interpretations across Europe. It's super important to our business. Christian, this has been a fascinating conversation. You've really delved into some subjects that I still find a bit challenging, but thank goodness you were here <laughs> to hold my hand and take me on this journey. So I really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you, Doug. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. We spoke with Christian Erlinson at his office in London. If you have an idea for a future podcast or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at dbolduck at autonews.com. For breaking news, please visit europe.autonews.com. You can listen to this podcast and a wide range of others from the Automotive News Group on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play, or on our website, at europe.autonews.com. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for October 21st, 2021. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at a &E. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you'll tune in again next time.